Hey podcast, thanks for joining us on the Eggview Pitch with today's episode, Under Pressure. Today, Dwayne, Chris, and special guest Grant Schemick with Black Oak Financial Brokerage talk about what's going on in the market and what we need moving forward. Bear with us for the first two minutes of the audio with some background road noise. It does cancel out after the first few minutes. Enjoy. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the Eggview Pitch today, uh, Monday afternoon, and uh, Today we've got Dwayne Lowry and Chris Barron again, and we've got a special guest, uh, Grant Schemick. And uh, Grant, go ahead and introduce yourself, uh, if you would, and then we'll kind of get the conversation going with Dwayne and yourself and, and me along the way. Okay. Oh, Grant Schemick, I'm owner of Black Oak Financial introdu- Introducing Brokerage in Northeast Iowa. I've been in the business. Uh, this will be my 21st year, and also do consulting with crop and livestock producers throughout the U.S. Great. So what are you guys thinking here? Uh, either Dwayne or Grant, you guys can chime in. I, I've gotten a bunch of phone calls here today. Um, what, what's going on with my calls? Should I be worried? Um, there's, you know, I think Dwayne, you and I have kind of talked about it here uh, in the last couple of days, but what you guys thoughts, what we're seeing here price action wise. I can say from as far as call options, I think I doubt that's the, a high tick, or at least we should get some kind of retest. But time is always the question with that. So if someone has August options, or they probably are going to run out of time, in my opinion, or they're going to come close. Dwayne? Well, I don't know about an option standpoint, but. Um... If I want to take a, a big picture view, the first question that I want an answer to or want to, to try to formulate, at least in my own mind, is are we dealing with a situation that uh, it's an all over situation? You know, are, is that what we're dealing with? It's all over and that's the end of the 2019 rally. And um, I guess I have a pretty firm opinion that we are not dealing with an it's all over uh, situation. I don't believe that we had the uh, uh technical or fundamentals setup or market sentiment setup going into the uh, price peak that we made earlier this month or into the report itself last Friday that uh, creates that type of a situation. So I'm seeing this as a correction, a a temporary move, a uh, uh, situation that we're not going to experience trending lower action from here forward. And so um, if I'm comfortable with the concept that it's not uh, all over, then uh, uh, I guess uh, I'm, I'm comfortable feeling that there will be uh, better selling opportunities ahead than what we have right now. And I think it's very possible, in fact, I would say plausible, if not likely, that the uh, better selling opportunities ahead may very well include levels higher than what we've already experienced in June. And I say that about corn and beans both. What's your thought, Grant? I think that's very well can be the case. I mean, what we had here with corn in particular is you had a market that rallied from May 13th through June 17th with very little correction. I think, you know, mostly just slightly more than a 23% correction. And that's not much of a tree shaking. So, you know, we were due for this. 
So I don't, I doubt it is that type of thing. It's just that what the ghosts and everybody's head or the thought in the back of our minds is other Julys where things just melt down and July does have a history to do that. Though when we look at the, the fundamental side of it and even like the basis situation in the Eastern Corn Belt is still very tight and has stayed tight today for what I can tell in the context I've had. And even here in the, in the Western Corn Belt, I know locally just looking at a few ethanol plant bids and, and looking at the last two weeks, we've actually come in five to, to eight cents. So that doesn't look like a market to me. That's, you know, the, the cash side of the market is, is interested in owning this product. If you can. Do you guys think that, uh, you know, part of the calls I'm getting is just, you know, do, do, do they really realize what's out here? You know, we're looking at a corn crop that's a month behind um, in maturity, even if it was planted early because of the lack of GDUs. Um, I drove across Illinois, northern Illinois, and that's where I'm at right now doing talking to you guys. And um, both the corn crop, I mean, there's some cornfields that look decent, but the majority there's a lot of prevent plant across the northern portion of Illinois where I drove today, a pretty massive amount. And then on the soybean side of things, I haven't seen one field of soybeans that is much past, you know, V1 or something like that. You know, I mean, they're just emerged. They were planted a couple of weeks ago at best, it looks like. So, I mean, do, do you think the market is recognizing that and this pause is going to be a short-term thing? I mean, you guys are kind of echoing that, but, you know, what's your thoughts with regard to where the crop's really at versus, you know, is there, I mean, do they, do they recognize this? Do you think? Well, I don't think that they fully recognized it even before we had this break. I think there was a, a reluctance to fully embrace it by the marketplace before there was skepticism from the, uh, you know, Chicago crowd or the, the non ag community crowd. And uh, so uh, I don't really think they've fully factored it in. Uh, part of that problem is nobody can get a handle on what we're really dealing with for either acreage starting point or prevent plant acres. You know, we thought we were fairly, uh, there'd been fairly much a consensus around, you know, eight to nine million acres of prevent plant on corn and nobody really knew where we we're going to be at in, in beans but each week of the last two weeks that you had uh, planning progress um, it was quite evident that you were dealing with the historic situation and and the prevent plant could be quite high today usda said that uh, you know the the uh, prevent plant acres are going to be able to get the uh, trade payment uh, they'll consider a cover crop as being eligible for that. So they'll, we'll require you to put a cover crop on, but uh, with prices down today and uh, uh, looking at the uh, crop progress, planting progress for the week that was released this afternoon, there's still six and a half million acre beans that have not been planted. There's uh, just under 14 million acres that haven't even emerged yet. And uh, this on the heels of, you know, a very large percentage of the, the soybean crop that was planted, you know, very, very late uh, in, in a yield reducing uh, type of time window that um, if the market really was trading that, I don't think we'd be trading at the current prices. So, no, I don't think we're trading it uh, at all. But everybody, including the farmer, uh, people that can be uh, 
looking right at the field, just like yourself, and see the fields that are not planted or see the fields that are clearly delayed, yet um, we are trained over our times in, in, the, in the industry to be fearful of downturns in this time frame um, because we're, we've seen before where they have uh, just kind of continued to mushroom and to trend. Um, I understand that and I have respect for that, but the same token, this seems so historic on so many different standards of measurement that um, um, I'm I'm not willing to uh, embrace that thought for the for this year at this time. Comments, Grant? Yes, I'd echo that. I think you, you know we, when you take a look at to say a long term corn continuation chart, we spent about five years between never never breaching for thirty nine and a quarter. So now that we, we spent time above it, now we've come back below it, that's, you know, people are fearful because we've been conditioned to, you get bullish and you're going to get slapped. And I think that is part of it. And the, the follow through today is just, I, I think, technical price action. I don't think it's a one plus one equals two fundamental answer. I would agree yeah. with that. And the other thing I would point out is uh, even uh, after the break of the last couple of days, which uh, there was also a break a little bit before that, but December corn's trading at 422 right now after all this break, I'll guarantee you that's probably anywhere from uh, 10 to 20 cents higher than where a lot of people's average sales were whether that those sales occurred in the winter or whether they, they occurred on the initial rally going up. So um, we're not even uh, we're not even back to the levels where a lot of these early sales were made. So I offer that as a pr perspective to say that even after having this break, we're still above that level. And as uh, Grant put out in relationship to where we just got to for the first time in five years, now to get a pullback back under that level is really not alarming by any type of uh, technical type of uh, perspective. And it might very well just be a, a reasonable and, and normal um, uh, type of corrective event. And uh, I think that as soon as the emotion kind of wears off and the fear and the panic wears off, I think that you're going to quickly find support and buying interest surface from multiple sectors in, of the trade, including users, the ag community, uh, producers and uh, and speculators, all, all of them. But uh, first, we got to get things calmed down. I also think that it's very possible that at any moment, the break that we are currently experiencing could quickly be over and it only take one day's price action to quickly turn the tables and quickly add stability and and quickly make the market uh, feel you know better about itself. So um, I, I don't. Uh, you know, the question is, what's the head fake? Was the entire rally, you know, bogus and, and ill-conceived and having no merit? Or is this a the weakness, a correction of the main trend, and thus that main trend can resume? I tend to think the latter. I, I tend to think that the, there was a lot of legitimacy in the, the rally that we've had. And I think the, the correction, which is not uncommon to see the swiftness occur that we've had, especially when you get a report involved, but uh, I, I do believe this is strictly a correction. It's not the main trend, and, and that's kind of how I, I'm going to proceed. 
so this is probably a legitimate uh was a legitimate rally then based on what you guys are saying and this is probably a healthy break and maybe we need to manage our emotions and expect more volatility to continue forward um with the probability of people starting to realize what's really out in the field am i summarizing what you guys are saying okay or well, I would say so. In fact, I would say the legitimacy comes from two main, main areas. It comes from uh, the planning dates and crop condition uh, aspect of, of for, for merit. And I think another area of, that justifies or provides merit is, is what has happened in the cash basis uh, arena. And it's not just old crop, but it's also new crop. Typically in this time of year, if you get a strength in the basis, it's probably old crop and it's something related to the here and now. It typically is not related to new crop because new crop is seen as the reset button where, you know, okay, we'll have an entire new set of supply available then we'll have a whole year to, to merchandise that so nobody's going to pay up for a new crop basis this year that's not the case you got new crop basis also uh responding to the basis strength and very firm and uh nobody's willing to short that and it's not that they're emotionally caught up and 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 so bullish it's that they actually have a fear about su supply and they're looking in their own area saying we don't have the acres, we don't have the condition, uh, whatever it may be, and they're not willing to sell that. And I, I find that is very uh, much justification for the idea that there's merit to the rally that we already had. Contrast that with the merit for this break. The, the merit for this break is largely Friday's USDA reports, and there's so much merit in that report that USDA has already said they're going to completely resurvey it. So, I mean... <laughs> I, I I think if you you st if you stack them up against one versus the other and where's the real merit, um, I think it'd be hard pressed to, to to say that there's not merit in the the rally that we we experienced. There's there's probably more there's definitely more merit in the the rally that took place. The short term merit of of the sell off is the report and, and it's also money flow because of the calendar. Exactly. And, and that's that's pushed us down. I guess I would only add that my perspective would be this first three, two, three weeks of July. I think it's going to be a real tug of war just because of the market's history with this time frame. There'll be a lot of people on rips to the upside willing to, to get short and try to make the market prove itself. And I believe historically, if we can get past July 12th and December corn and close to a new high, that that opens us up to a much higher probability of being able to run into August. So that's the one one big hurdle I'd I'd like to see. And we do have the July crop production report will be on the 11th. So what are you guys thinking, or, or Grant, I guess, specifically with what Dwayne's been saying on the cash market and stuff, what are you seeing and hearing with your clients across the board? On basically the cash market and stuff lots of willing buyers on the break i had i had a cattle feeder on friday when we were limited down called excitedly and said man this is an opportunity and he went and bought a fairly substantial amount at limited down and was happy you know he is wasn't wasn't bothered at all by it breaking down today because you know just looking at the the fundamentals he's not it's it's a greater risk to him that we we're, we're up and out the top, then we then we broke another forty cents to his to the economics of his business. 
and even my clients in the in the eastern corn belt you know nothing's what they see like you've said what, what's in front of their eyes is just shocking and it only makes uh to them it, it's emotionally driven of course but it only appears the rational thing to do is get coverage to the upside in some way because if there's an if there's something else you know we're going to need a near the narrative to get amplified or get a new twist of this narrative to make that next leg up. Yes, you, you, anything's possible and somehow it could get derailed. But right now it seems to me more likely that we, we get that next narrative to build and then we, we go up. And I think that's what most of the people in the cash business, especially in the Eastern corn belt are perceiving than being worried about it being another meltdown like the past four or five years. Any other comments, Dwayne, or let me ask you guys this question. We've been talking about corn. As I said, as I drive through Illinois, I'm shocked. The thing that shocked me was the soybeans, um, you know, how far behind they are. And, you know, our day length is getting shorter already again now. And, and you know, we've got beans that are two inches tall at the, at the most here. What, what do you guys think on the bean market? You know, does that have any bearing on stuff? Obviously, it will at some point probably, but what what are you guys seeing on the bean side of things? Well, I think the, the planting date on beans um, is, and the scope of acres that were planted so late. I mean, we're not just talking marginally later, later than desired, but actually later into a window that um, it's difficult to argue that there's not a loss of reduction based on plant planting uh, dates alone in terms of yield. And when you go back to, uh, I think it was just last week, we were talking about 30 some uh, percent of the soybean crop hadn't even emerged. You know, we're, we're into a, a window where anything planted, you know, now is basically a, a double crop yield potential. Um, it's, I find it absolutely impossible that we could get an APH for a national average, given the, the planting dates that we have. I don't know what the acres are going to be, but um, I think that's um, obviously we're going to have, obviously that we're going to have some prevent plant acres in, in beans. So we're going to lose some acres there. We're going to lose yield potential. The biggest uh, factor weighing down beans has been um, this concept of a billion bushel carryout along with China never to come back to the U.S. And it's a slight exaggeration, but basically a, a lack of hope that they would or when they would. And, you know, both of those um, bearish arguments have, uh, you know, seem vulnerable with the current set of fundamentals that we're dealing with. I mean, China just bought 544,000 metric ton of old crop soybeans uh, last week. And, uh, um, uh, you know, things things are different. And uh, if you I, I would argue that at least half of that half of, or at least half of the one billion carryout no longer exists, and I don't think it takes much of a creative imagination to make it a larger percentage than that 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 has been erased. So, um, I think the, the bean market has a lot of potential, and I think it's important that when you evaluate soybean potential from current prices, that you put current prices in context and. Current prices in context means that you're at the bottom side of price parameters for the, the last 12 years, and you're looking at a corn bean ratio that is, you know, historically very narrow. And if there, that's part of that is because we haven't 
been perceived to have any soybean story. If, if we do have a soybean story because a change in um, acres and because of a change in national yield potential, along with some level of optimism that maybe China will return, then all of a sudden, you know, you've got an, another d- dynamic here. So I'm, I'm pretty friendly to soybean prices and uh, at minimum feeling that downside potential here is very limited and upside potential will probably depend a lot about what happens here forward in terms of weather. But um, it's very amazing how small and delayed and, and uh, the, the U.S. soybean crop is, again, by many different uh, measuring sticks of, of data, not to mention your own eyes just driving down the road. I'd say also that when it comes to soybeans, we've we've really been lulled into complacency with these yields the last four years. They've just been tremendous. And I don't, one could say, and I really think it, a lot of it has been more just planning technology and timing. I don't think it's genetics because I have clients who plant, been planting seed beans for years and a lot of them are planting the same seed, uh, same varieties for six, seven years. So I don't think that's the driver like it may be with corn as far as some of the benefits we've seen in yield. So now you get in this late and we have this kind of stress. Uh, it's, you know, we've, we saw tremendous increases in inconsistency in national yield the last few years. I mean, it wasn't that long ago being in the 40s was in the low 40s was typical. So we can see a, a tremendous percentage drop with the, with the right uh, conditions in over the next 60 days. For yield I think Grant around. makes an excellent, excellent point. Uh, there, there might be some yield advantage with some different hybrids, and I, I wouldn't want to completely rule that out, but he makes an excellent point that there are a lot of producers getting better yields in the last few years using the same uh, hybrid technology that they've been using. And there has been a change. There's been a change in farmers' attitude about when they plant, trying to plant early, and that's driven by what they've seen for results when they did plant early. And there's also been maybe a a greater uh, willingness to uh, uh, do some foliar feeding and and other type of agronomic investments into the soybean crop that they didn't used to do. And so I, and I think the other thing is maybe we've just been blessed with some really exceptionally favorable uh, weather conditions for soybeans the last few years. And, and uh, now you contrast any or all of those things with what you're dealing with this year. And, and uh, it's, it's completely different. And it's very possible that, like Grant said, we revert back to some yield scenario that's similar to a time frame, you know, um, four or five years ago. You bet. Do you guys have any um, advice for dealing with the emotion right now? Because I think <laughs> from from the farmer's perspective, you know, like I said, just seeing reality and then watching the market do what doesn't seem like reality um, will kind of get towards wrapping things up here. But either one of you guys want to tackle that topic? Well, I'll say, I guess, uh, go ahead. It's all yours. You take it. Well, just from a, a structuring position, you know, I'm not big. I've never been big on options, believe it or not, probably more so the last a couple of years just to create opportunities. And I know some people hate things like courage calls, but uh, I think in this environment, 
soybeans especially you know we've seen this year's high on no beans i think is around 9 960 971 area you know is that a profitable price maybe easily Not for a lot of guys right and if you have great yields you might be able right. to pull it off but it's not something you want to trap yourself in potentially with, with bad prices. But we can also make the case that in the environment we're in politically, and I even make the case inside a uh, big fall of market cycles, that still at the end of the year, we can have some cyclical risk to the downside in the commodity complex. But I'd try to at least structure some positions like buying calls and maybe even selling some calls uh, like with soybeans buy. 960 November bean calls and sell something against that in the November 2020 on a percentage that is in the realm of what you typically plant, you know, well, like 20, 30%. So get into near the annual highs, you can get short, but still backstopped. background noise there from one of your guys' mics, I think. Um, I, I heard uh, Grant kind of breaking up. I I haven't changed anything here. I'm not no different location or anything. Okay. Well, go. Yeah, I, I muted my mic, and I don't think it was me. Okay. Gotcha. Well, you're coming in good now, so that last thought, we got most of that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So any, anything you guys want to wrap up with or anything, you know, any uh, comments for the rest of the week and we can reconvene again here, you know, midweek, but any, any final thoughts or anything as we troll into the rest of the week? Well, I, I guess I would, and in, in follow up to the theme of the, your last question in terms of emotion and, and, and uh, things of this nature, I would, uh, um, I would think that it would be wise to take a step back view of what we're dealing with, recognize the certain amount of historic nature of it, also recognize the uncertainty of it. And uncertainty always has a certain amount of premium in the marketplace for you know the what ifs and the unknowns of, of all the what ifs ahead of you. And if, if that's really true and we have some historic things and we still have unknowns and there is some question about whether we're really going to know uh, for sure what the prevent plant data is in, in uh, August. We know we're not going to know it in the July USDA report. And uh, if you have the uh, historic aspect, if you have the unknown, I think it's perfectly reasonable and acceptable and, and maybe even uh, a good approach to say, you know what, I'm not going to get caught up in a uh, one or two day reaction to a report and all the emotion goes with it, especially when there was shock element to the report. And it's even extra uh, uh, reasoning that I'm not going to get caught up with that when USDA came out immediately said, oh, by the way, we're not sure about this either. So we're going to resurvey. And they didn't say we'll resurvey two or three states. They said we'd resurvey 14. That's basically all of the Midwest. So there's a lot of unknowns here. And and it's I don't think it's would be wise to step in here and try to sell weakness, to suddenly get caught up or or make sales here on this this type of a sell off against the overall backdrop that we have. And maybe you're maybe somebody uh, will want to make a, a, a sale on a recovery to get caught up or get a few sales on. I could understand that. 
but uh, there's a lot of uncertainty here and prices have accomplished something. We do have historic things that we think are uh, for a fundamental foundation. And um, I think sometimes there's times to just take a step back and say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to make a decision. I'm not going to make a rash decision. And I think now would be a good time to uh, subscribe to that type of theory. Just allow a little time to pass here and see if things don't uh, alter what they're, what we're dealing with. You know, I, I would think that tonight, which is just a, a small snapshot of, of the marketplace, but I would think tonight we're going to come in here and open higher right out of the gate. Corn and beans both. Their crop condition ratings were pretty much unchanged. People expected them to go up. And if you look at a state-by-state -state breakdown, some of your key uh, uh, eastern states, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, showed notable declines in crop ratings. So, you know, that further uh, adds a level of credibility that we have issues out here. And uh, so I, I think today's weakness was largely overdone. I think, as Grant pointed out, this is a, a, a money move and we trade money and this was an equity liquidation pressures. And this can be over very quickly in terms of that type of selling pressure. So I, I would expect this to be higher tonight. I would expect us to probably stay higher. And uh, I think today's lows are something that may not go out for a while. Grant, as we go into the rest of the week, additional comments and we'll kind of wrap things up. Not too much to add, just to echo that, especially on the corn conditions tonight. The, the key states, you know, it was really shocking to see Ohio down 8% with all it's gone through and, and Indiana, Illinois. Of course, Iowa is up a couple points, but the major increases in conditions came from, um, no offense to the growers there, but more outlier states like Colorado and, and Pennsylvania, which don't make up a large percentage of total production. Right. Well, guys, thanks a lot um, for your uh, discussion here tonight. And if I uh, were to echo what I heard from you guys or to sum it up, I think sometimes it's okay to watch what the market's doing and maybe sit on your hands. And sometimes um, a decision to do nothing is an okay decision once in a while along the way, too. And, and, uh, and, and in some cases, there's probably people that need to be doing some things. But, um, Grant, people can get a hold of you. How? I can just go to my, my website blackoakfinancial.com or give me a call 866-263-7336. Gotcha. And Dwayne? I go to my website, cropproductionscience.com. Um, that's probably the best way to get all my contact information. Gotcha. So again, guys, thanks a lot. And a little quick disclaimer here. Um, again, this is just this podcast. Uh, the AgView pitch is designed for perspective, a conversation on what the markets are doing, what's going on with things, and just some ideas and discussion. Um, not, not giving any recommendations here, but rather just some uh, perspective and conversation and discussion. If there's questions or things that you'd like us to discuss, please let us know, and we will uh, be sure to get that uh, on the podcast as well. And again, thanks everybody for joining us on the uh, AgView pitch, and we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can also find Dwayne on Twitter at D-U-A-N-E-L-O-W-R-Y and Chris Barron at Chris Barron 24. Please let us know if you have any questions and we'll catch you next time on the Eggview Pitch. Under pressure. Under pressure.